You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 1330. And you know, the selling point to him was that, hey, I'm going to handle the whole transaction. You don't have to pay a realtor. You don't have to put it out on the market for a year or more waiting for someone to come and buy it. You don't have to you know, pay the title or be, negotiate with title closing costs. That was the selling point. And I mean, he was totally happy with it. He's a busy guy. I mean, he's a general contractor. He's on site all the time. He didn't want to handle that. So, you know, that was the value added. And of course, with the, you know, he's okay with us, with me making money on it. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. Podcast. I am your host today, Brent Bowers, the Landman, and today I have a humble, humble giant on the call. His name is Patrick Drury. Uh, I had the opportunity to meet Pat down in Afghanistan, RC East Afghanistan, Fob Shank. He was one of our brand new platoon leaders. He came in as a second lieutenant. The military, the army threw him right into putting him in charge as a platoon leader for a platoon of combat engineers. And his job is to basically sweep the routes, sweep the roads in Afghanistan and collect the bombs and blow them up. So we didn't get blown up driving down the roads in Afghanistan. So I was his uh, communications uh, NCO or his communications sergeant back then. But uh, all through these years, many, many years later, uh, this was from actually 2010. So roughly 13 years later, Pat joins the Land Sharks program. And in 45 days, he's going to be talking about on this episode of exactly the steps he took to do his first land deal that made him $7,500 net profit. He's going to be talking about how he brought value to the sellers, to the buyer, and how he remained flexible and just pivoted, you know, doing his first land deal and making that first check in a very, very short amount of time. So guys, enjoy today's episode. God bless. And let's get right into it. Patrick Drury, welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. Podcast. How are you today? Hey, Brent. I'm doing awesome. I'm, I love it, man. Well, thanks for jumping on with us. I see you're in your car. You, you took the Army uniform off. Are you getting a little break here, or are you just kind of hiding from everyone while you do the podcast? Hey, it's a little bit of both, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm out on my lunch break, and uh, you know, I got my work done, came in early, and you know, I can take this time off. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for taking the time. I know the strain that the military puts on you and, and your family and just always away, always busy. So thank you for your service. God bless you. Uh, tell Rhino Nation a little bit about yourself in 30 to 60 seconds. I know it's hard. That's a tall order. Yeah, you got it, Brent. Well, I'm a grew up as an engineer in the Army. I've been in for maybe 11 years, but I'm separating now. I actually known you, Brent, back. You were my combo sergeant keeping me out of trouble. Um, that's how we met in Afghanistan. You know, since then, I've just been following you on Facebook, seeing the progress you've made and got excited. I never really dabbled in real estate except for when we moved to Hawaii. When we moved to Hawaii, we saw the benefit of it. We purchased our house there and that's where we first got exposed into real estate when we started renting it. After we PCF, we changed station and we moved back here over to Alabama. And then that's like, that's me. I'm here in Alabama. We've been around all over the place. I've got three kids. 
I love my family. I'm a family man. And, uh, uh, you know, they keep, they keep me, they keep me honest. They keep me driving every day. Always driving, always driving. Yeah, man, it was so good to, to reconnect with you. I think you saw one of my videos I did, one of my lives I did on Facebook. You, you called me and started asking some questions and uh, you dove right in, dove right into the Land Sharks community. And uh, what I love about you, Patrick, is like you immediately started taking action. Like you didn't question anything. You just step by step took it as if it were five paragraph operation order, which Anybody not in the military, <laughs> it's basically like, here's the step-by-step, step, here's the mission, and you just started carrying it out. So let me back up. Why did you get into land? Like you were already renting a property out. You had a little bit of exposure to real estate. You know, why land? What was the draw? Yeah, it's a good point, Brent. I mean, I was never much of a risk taker. In fact, my wife, the better half of me, was the one who Are you, are you kidding us. me? Wait a minute. I'm going to interrupt you here. Like, what does an engineer, what does a combat engineer do in the military? You're telling me you're not a risk taker? Like, 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 yeah. Give, give yeah. Rhino Nation a little, like, uh, understanding of what you did in Afghanistan. Yeah, we blow stuff up, man. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's our job. We, our job is to go find bombs and blow them up. Find bombs, blow them up so they didn't blow anybody else up. So, like, not being a risk taker, Maybe in some aspects of your life, but uh, you you take risks for a living. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, I guess the struggle I had was taking risks with money. And you know, to answer your your question about why land, the formula just doesn't seem like it was going to be sustainable with housing. Right? We had the house. I saw the maintenance cost. I mean, it was too expensive to even get contractors out there. I had to do all the stuff myself, the painting, the maintenance work. I was like, you know, this delta between what we're making and what we're paying for this house is just so slim. Plus, you add on the mortgage and you got all the mortgage restrictions. So I'm scratching my head and wondering, how can I grow this? How can I do this in a sustainable manner and repeat, right? And it just, it didn't seem, it seemed like a lot more effort than what it was worth, frankly. I didn't know the tools and techniques of how to get deals off market, right? I was only thinking on that linear, linear, that what is on the market type, type deals. And I saw some of the things that you were talking about with land, how easy it is to get into. The bar to entry is so low. You don't need a lot of cash to bring to the table. And, and I got excited. So that's why I, I said, you know what? Let me just see what this is about. Let's take a risk. I love um, it, man. I love it. So did you sell that Hawaii property or are you still uh, renting it out? No, no, we're still renting it out. And it's a mix of, it's sustainable enough to keep the, the break even on. And, uh, you know, we still have that option to be able to move back over there once our, once our tenants move out. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, let's talk about that first land deal. A lot of Rhino Nation is, you know, they might be in transition just like you, Pat. Uh, they, they might be looking to quit their job or, hey, I just need to do my first deal. Uh, let's talk about that. What did the steps look like? Uh, how did you get that first deal? You got it pretty quickly. You're, you're one of the, the faster ones I see getting a land deal. Um, so first, how did you find it? Yeah, good point, Brent. Well, I followed your module to the T. I think the most important thing about your module was don't do anything until you take the action. Don't move on. Take the action. Like, all right. So I was up three in the morning or whatever. You can do this. I know that we can do this with a... Uh, you know, a full-time job. I mean, it's possible. I'm doing it right now. I just woke up early. I'm an early person. That's just what works for me. 
use the systems that you teach about with prop stream and and uh, you know pull the properties. I, I I see what's selling in an area and develop my list and you know, create my letter and then, and then I send it out. So I send it out on direct mail, blind offer. I comp the land myself. You know, just follow the steps. And that's when I think this seller was one of the first people to call me called me about the land and he was just so eager to sell it kind of threw me off <laughs> i was surprised at how how eager he was to sell but that's how i found the deal why, uh, why was he eager to sell you know what was was there an issue was he about to lose it was he behind on taxes no he was doing well off he's a general contractor he, he has a really nice residence but he's looking at retiring in the next five years he just wanted to, he's trying to clean up his assets so they don't go into trust or probate type issues. He was just trying to clean up his his, his assets. Okay, so he wasn't broke. He was just uh, cleaning the house, you know, getting rid of the, uh, yep. what do they call it, the clutter, you know, and then he doesn't have to yeah. worry about putting it into a trust for his family. So he's just cashing out. Well, let me ask you, so you talked about letters, blind offers. Were you sending the land offer letter where... That seller, that general contractor, that landowner received a specific dollar amount for the land? Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. So I got my list of properties within a certain area. I drilled down to specific subdivision. I priced them, what their market value, what I thought the market value was worth based off of what has sold within, I had to use a year. This is a little bit more residential areas. So what sold in the past year, more rural areas, what I meant. And then, um, you know, I deducted what I thought the costs were, how much I needed to make from it, what title closing costs were going to be if at the realtor cost and the profit, of course. So, and then that's what I offered on that whole list of list of properties in that area. I love it. And I like that you mentioned uh, prop stream. Uh, anybody looking to Get started right now. What Pat's talking about? Get a seven-day free trial to PropStream. You can get a, a free trial by going to the LandSharksList.com. And also that land offer letter uh, that you're mentioning there, Pat. Like we've been triple split testing that against postcards, against mailing out checks, against uh, texting, and that land offer letter is by far outperforming those other three things I just mentioned: texting, postcards, that check. If anybody in Rhino Nation wants a copy of that land offer letter, go to thelandsharks.com forward slash LOL and get a copy of that. Pull a list of landowners with using PropStream and start mailing today. You know, start taking action today, what, what Pat's talking about here. So, Pat, how many letters did you have to send to get that first call from that landowner? You know, Brian, it's a good question. I'd say maybe it's hard to tell because it was mailing so frequent. Right, and mailing a lot of different areas just to see what would stick. But I sent about, I'd say, fifteen hundred letters to get that one deal. Fifteen hundred uh, letters. Now, was it was that nerve wracking to send those out? Like, was that scary? Like, what was going through your head as you're sending those? Yeah, it took some faith. To <laughs> you, you said it in your module. It took some faith because it was no the cost, right? The cost of sending the mail, right? You know, postage isn't cheap anymore. Not that it ever was, but it just keeps climbing. And then, you know, you got to produce that, that mail. But I knew if something was going to happen, you know, I knew that if I didn't send the mail, 
nothing was going to happen. So I had to send mail. I had to be patient. Being patient was the hardest thing. Looking back, there's certain things that I should have been doing while I was waiting for this call. In between that lag time, when I sent the mail and that first phone call, I could have been a little more proactive about making sure I had a title company lined up, right? Making sure that I had prospective buyers already lined up by putting out signs, even if I didn't have a property inside the area. So I'm looking back, that's, I probably should have did that a little bit more and I would have sold it faster than I already did. But I mean, I, I sold it pretty fast already. So Yeah, you did pretty, you did sell it pretty fast. And, and hindsight is always 2020. You know, now you're developing that checklist, that's SOP, that standard operating procedure that you could just go down the line and, and eventually someone can do this for you, an assistant, an acquisition manager. Now they're, that's their checklist. So from the time you sent out that first land offer letter, that first LOL, how long did it take from beginning that first letter to getting that check that you talked about right before we hit the record button? Oh man, I, don't, I can't remember what I told you. I thought it was about... 40 some days or so. And so it was pretty I remember fast, the message. right? It was 45 days. What you, 45 what you days. messaged me on Facebook. Yep. Yep. That's the right number. 45 days. 45 then, so. days. Well, let's talk about it. So how did that process work? You got the property under contract. You found a, a title insurance company. Did you automatically have a buyer for it? You know, how, how did you find the buyer? Yeah. So how I found the buyer, I put out signs. I did all the steps. Put out on Craigslist. Put it out on. Uh, I tried to put it out in Zillow. Zillow was acting up. Put it on Facebook. You know, I got a lot of interest on Facebook. I mailed uh, the neighbors to see if they were interested, and some of them did call me back. Some of them were interested. And the signs, though, at the end of the day, the sign brought the deal in conjunction with base and with Facebook. So the buyer was a a mother of six. She put herself and her oldest daughter, who's about. I don't know, 22 or so on the title. And they were looking, this was a property inside the city where it was zoned business, but it was right next to a residential. So that was the selling point. Like, look, you can pay hundred bucks and get this rezoned residential if you wanted to live on it, or you could just put a business on it. And she was going to start her business on it. She was going to open up a car lot, clear it off, open up a car lot with her daughter. So that was, that was pretty awesome. That is incredible. I always like to ask, who is the buyer? What are they going to do with it? So she's going to start her own car lot on this piece of land. So what did this sign say? You know, we sell a lot of land with signs, but I'm curious, like, how did you get her to call from that sign? Because, you know, a lot of people see signs on the side of the road every day, but they don't call. Oh, man. Like, what did yours say? Mine was simple. It's the simplicity that I think sold the sign. And, you know, I'm putting up signs now and man, they just, I went to Home Depot you know, bought that four by eight corrugated sheet. I already had a drywall square. You know, I do construction work too. So I just cut it up into pieces. So it's nice white background with that big fat black marker and said land for sale, land sale, buy land. You know, and I just throw a phone number up. I had some leftover wood. I cut up the wood up into steak style shapes, bought a box of nails and I just put it up all over the place. Phenomenal. I love it. The simplicity of it. I mean, there, I think there's two types of genius. One, you know, is like Albert Einstein, E equals MC squared. And then the other type of genius is it's so simple. It's the answer. You know, it's like you <laughs> went and got a piece of land under contract at a discount and you're selling it to someone else for a little bit more. So 
okay, how much did you buy it for? How much did you get, get it under contract for? And I take it you assigned this contract. Did you even buy the land? No. So the original intent was to assign it. That was the original intent, but it was not. It did not turn out. I mean, remained flexible to make sure that the seller remained happy. And I bought the land out, out outright from him. Um, but I held it for I don't know maybe a week and a half and sold it <laughs> in that amount of time. So I mean, it's not like I held it for a long time. The intent was to assign it. So here's the story. I bought it for nine hundred or nine thousand. Excuse me. The market value, from what I calculated, was maybe twenty, twenty thousand. And again, you know, I'm not the best at doing it. I had some uncertainty in that, also because it was business. It was really hard to find similar type properties. But I just went with it. I thought the market value was somewhere near twenty. I made sure the seller knew I was gonna. I intended on profiting from it, and he just did not care. He just was happy to sell it for what we agreed to sell it. So you're um, transparent with the seller already. He knew that this is your, you know, way that you're making additional income, you, and he had no yeah, problem he, with you making some money, some profit. He had. He verbally said exact, those exact words. Like I have no issues with even if you're trying to flip it with you making money on it. Like as long as you pay me what we agreed. I love that, and and so many people are fearful to do exactly what you did. Tell the truth to the seller. They want to beat around the bushes. They want to hide in the shadows, operate in the shadows. And then when the seller figures it out, it's like you get caught with your pants down. And it's way easier to have that conversation way earlier <laughs> than, yeah. than in, the, in the future. And you know, the selling point to him was that, hey, I'm going to handle the whole transaction. You don't have to pay a realtor. You don't have to put it out on the market for a year or more waiting for someone to come and buy it. You don't have to you know, pay the title or be, negotiate with title closing costs. That was the selling point. And I mean, he was totally happy with it. He's a busy guy. I mean, he's a general contractor. He's on site all the time. He didn't want to handle that. So, you know, that was the value added. And of course, with the, you know, he's okay with us, with me making money on it. So anyway, moving on, I put out the sign and I put out a sign on the lot and he did not like that. So, <laughs> so he called me. And left a voice message. I called him back and I told him I get it off. I take off the sign and we were still waiting on the title, title research to come back, title report. And so, you know, the next day in the morning, I drove out there. It was about an hour away. Drove out before work, took out the sign. I called him day after, you know, he called me that same day. I said, Hey, signs off. Just waiting on the closing and then, you know, and, and then I'll get it off. So I had the money. It wasn't a lot, right? I know that not everyone has has that money putting off. So, but I knew that there was a lot of places I could go to get the money. So I purchased it, and you know I was still marketing it the entire time. And then that's when the uh, I had about three people interested. One buyer was never he just never responded back to, to sign the agreement. But this buyer kept bugging me. I was like, okay. Here's the agreement to purchase it. Here's the reputable attorney we're going to buy it through. Um, and so I sold it for 18. And, uh, you know, so I had to pay the closing cost on the front end when I bought the property. So that was agreement. I paid for the closing cost. Uh, so that turned out to be about a thousand. But what I agreed to with the seller is that the, or the buyer, excuse me, the end buyer is that the end buyer would pay the closing cost. So I only paid for it once. So it made it worth it. So you bought it for 9,000. You paid the closing costs of a thousand, so roughly you bought it for ten thousand, 
and you sold it for 18000 and your buyer paid all closing costs? Yes. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Victory bell for Pat Drury. I love it, man. So how much did you make total net profit? I mean, I want you to figure in the signs that you you bought, your gas for that you know two-hour round trip to go take that sign down and then put it up originally and then take it down. Like, What was your net profit on that first land deal? <laughs> I don't know. Call it 75. $7,500 in 45 yeah, it, days from mailing your first... 1500 letters or first set of letters, because I remember, I think you were mailing like 20 or 40 a day or something like that. So you were consistently getting them out. Yeah. Yeah. So not including the letter cost is about 7,500 because you know, the sheet of the signs was maybe 30 bucks. Yeah. The, the gas to get there and back twice. Cause I had to go back down there to put up the signs and had to go down there to take down the sign. You know, I don't know. That was maybe 30 bucks. So Overall, I'd say, you know, I'd round down and say 7,500. It took about, including the time to drive there twice. That was a mistake. You know, I made a, I made a mistake there about not communicating to the seller about the signs. Made mistakes along the way, but it's still quite successful. Overall, amount of time was eight hours spent on the deal. Oh, man. I love that you said the amount of time. So eight hours. So almost $1,000 an hour. Not a bad yeah. day. Not a bad day of work. Well, how did it feel showing your wife, Allie, that check? You know, no, I, man, it felt good. Yeah. And then you said you had it. You guys, you were starting to tell me before we hit the record button. You said you had a party or something like that. Uh, you know, I had friends, friends from Hawaii over. They were staying with us about a week. And, you know, I didn't really tell many people that I was doing land investing, right? I was just, Maybe it was a little bit of fair of trying to be, make it successful before I told people. Yeah. Maybe it was just, um, you know, I don't know. I just didn't really tell anyone. But I told my friend. I had to tell my friends. They were living with us. So they saw me spending some time doing it. And um, I brought the check home. And it was kind of nice, Brent. I'll be honest with you. To pay some bills with that, right? You know, personal bills that we just had out. And, yeah, it definitely was a relief. It was a, I think I'd call it a reward for being faithful. That's what I'd call it. Man, thanks for sharing that part because, you know, I still remember that first $5,000 check, you know, and Emily was with me. She uh, went to look at the land with me. We bought for $285. I talked about it on a previous uh, podcast episode on Wholesaling Inc. It was actually the last episode. My episodes come out every Friday. Uh, You know, I, I share this, this, amazing platform with Brent Daniels uh, and Todd Toback, two amazing, amazing guys. And they, they are incredible real estate coaches. I was talking about it on the last episode, going and looking at that first parcel of land, having no clue what it was worth and calling real estate agents. And that realtor ended up buying it from me for $5,000. I remember getting that certified check and like, I almost didn't go cash it. Like I wanted to frame the darn thing because (laughs) I still didn't believe that it could work that easy. And you kicked my butt. I mean, you did even better on your first land deal than, than I did. In 45 days, like that's record speed. So Pat, I, I hope you you keep uh, doing this. I know you're almost out of the military and thanks for being a go-giver. Rhino Nation, here you have it. Pat sent out about 1,500 letters over a course of 45 days, did his first land deal, bought that land deal for $9,000, sold it for $18,000. Put in some work though. Like you put out signs, you Craigslist ads, Facebook marketplace, Facebook buy sell groups, 
So kudos to you for taking the action uh, and having that faith to get those letters out. Any final remarks, any other gold nuggets you want to share with Rhino Nation before we uh, cut out of here? Yeah, you know, I'd say I'd say just get after it. Just do it. The comps are never going to be perfect. You're never really going to know exactly what the land is worth just because it's just not a, it's never enough data. Every seller is different, so you got to remain flexible with the seller to make sure you bring value to them. And then you bring in value to the buyers too, right? Because the buyers are coming and they want to build a house. They want to build a house to live in, to rent in, to put a trailer on a piece of property, to, to open a business, whatever the case. So you bring in value to them. And, you know, it's just rewarding on all sides to bring that solution to the seller, to bring the solution to the buyer and, you know, just make it overall a, a, a pretty rewarding experience. And, you know, I'm kind of a faithful man, Brent, like yourself. So to have God along the way helping us out. So it was just awesome. Yeah, he definitely directs our paths. I truly believe in that. So don't forget to tithe on that $7,500 or that 9000 whatever you want to tithe on. Uh, you can't go wrong. You cannot outgive the Lord. Rhino Nation, I want you to take action. Get after it, just like Pat said, and remain flexible and bring value. Who can you bring value to today? And you, you really want to, like, let's focus on that. Lord, how can I bring value to someone today? And I want you to take further action and go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land, wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. Schedule a call today, fill out that application, and let's see what your real estate investing goals are and get you taking action immediately, just like Pat, and making an extra $7,500 net profit in the next 45 days. Until next time, Rhino Nation, God bless. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.